When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up your volume, because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast, with Tony Marinero. Sports entertainment, like no other, it's gonna be sick. Brought to you by Cherry River Hard Seltzer. Only 90 calories, natural flavors, and no preservatives. Now available in Quebec Grocery and The Beer Store. What a pleasure this conversation is going to be. Uh, it's not every day that you have a chance to interview former captain of the Montreal Canadiens, three-time Stanley Cup champion, 18- or 19-year career in the National Hockey League. We're going to get it right when I talk oh, yeah, to you in a yeah, second. Sure. Guy Carboneau, how are you? I'm doing good, Tony. Tony, uh, just glad to be there. Thanks. I appreciate it, Guy. Listen, I, I said 18 or 19 <laughs> years because when yeah. you debuted in 81 – you played two games with the Canadians. Is that considered right. a year in your career or not? I guess so because, like, I, I do I do the same thing with uh, with everybody when I you know when they ask me about my career. Um, I don't know if I should say eighteen or nineteen because in every uh, papers or every you know on my hockey cards or every time there's something that they talk about myself, they say nineteen years like nineteen years in the NHL. But uh, really, it's been it's Really, 18. 18 yeah. full season. But like you said, uh, one year I played two games. And uh, I'm glad. I mean, it just makes me look good. Guy, we have so much to talk about. All right. uh, based on what we're hearing, the Canadians are in their second round of interviews yeah. for the vacant Habs GM job, which started off with give or take about 10 candidates. We're hearing that that list is going to reduce to be reduced to yeah. probably half for round two. I have to ask you, uh, were you ever asked if you wanted to be part of the process or if you wanted to be interviewed? No, I've never, uh, never received a, a phone call or an email, uh, to see what my interest was. Um, uh, just, uh, it's not like, it's not something that I would say no to, I think, you know, but like, you know, being the GM is a, a huge job now, uh, involves a lot of things. Um, it's time consuming uh, and I'm going to be 62 years old, like 62 years old uh, soon. Uh, I love the hockey game. I love to be involved in those things. Um, I'm not sure. I think it would be a lot better helping or as an assistant GM, like I did in the past with Bob Gini or Reginald Will when I was here or uh, Doug Armstrong when I was in Dallas. Uh, I'd like to be involved at, at some level. Uh, you know, I live in Montreal. I've played for Montreal. I've been a captain in Montreal. I coached. Uh, I did a, a lot of things, and uh, I really enjoy being part of those those groups. But uh, you know, it's uh, it is what it is. Uh, if you look at uh, you know, not just in Montreal, but uh, everywhere in the NHL or even in different sports, uh, who is getting hired at a higher level kind of decides who's going to be around them uh, at their lower level. 
So it, it's still an old boys network. Uh, yes, yes, it is. <clears throat> All right. Um, I look at what Jacques Lemaire's been doing. Yep. At one point, he got a little older. He got a little tired. He got a little fed up. He yep. didn't want to coach anymore. He did want to help out in some capacity. And he serves as a senior advisor to Lou Lamorello. Yep. That sounds like a job that could be right down your alley. That could be tailor-made yeah. for you. Yeah. But that is- well, I mean, yeah, that's, I think we talked about that, you know, a couple of months ago when, uh, when Mark got let go and they were going to kind of hire uh, Jeff Gorton came along and I think they were starting to talk about putting a group together uh, for the, to, to decide who's going to be the next GM. And I think, you know, I, we talked with some friends and I, I think it would be a good idea to have uh, that kind of group permanently around, you know, around the team. So not to decide who's going to be traded or uh, who's going to play on the ice, but, you know, when you have kind of tough decisions, you know, uh, we talk about Logan Mayu. Uh, I, you know, I, we, I think it was a, a mistake. Uh, I don't know who decided to do that at the top, but I'm sure, you know, once that question happened, if we had that group around, uh, they probably would have, would have won, went a, a different way. So when Mark Bergevin was hired to be the GM of the Canadians back in May of 2012, uh, he was asked if he was going to lean on Serge Savard as sort of an advisor yeah. And he said that it was a conversation that he would like to have at some point. I don't know if he ever had it. It doesn't look like it panned out. Yeah. What you're saying is uh, Bob Ganey is part of uh, the panel, the panel yeah. that is uh, overseeing the interviews along with Jeff Molson, Michael uh, and Lauer and Jeff Gordon. And so you're saying that Bob Ganey should be maybe an advisor to Jeff Gordon and the general manager going forward. And if you were part of that panel that you should be, or if they put up a panel, they should have an advisory board is what you're saying. Well, I mean, you, you see that more and more often uh, in sports. Uh, I, I think, you know, uh, not just hockey, but the whole business of sport is getting huge. Uh, there's too many things. There's too many levels. Uh, I think one guy was, was able to do everything uh, in the eighties or seventies. Uh, if you look at behind the bench now, you know, in uh, when I started to play, there was maybe two coaches behind. Now there's like five or six. Uh, so it's the same thing at the, 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 at the top level. I think, you know, there's so many hard decisions. Um, you know, I've been part of a, of a draft. I've been part of looking, uh, you know, going scouting, looking at kids. Uh, and it's so hard to look at a kid at 16 or 17 years old and decide or, you know, decide what they're going to do in two or three or four years. Uh, so I think, you know, uh, you don't want to have too many people, but I think, you know, you need more than one people to make those decisions. I think that's the toughest job in hockey, Guy, the job of the amateur scout, projecting <laughs> what a player would be. It would yeah. be easy if you just take a look at the player today and say he's better than that player, so that's the player I'm going to yeah. choose. But if you project, which is what most scouts do because everyone develops at different, right. at different times, that's very hard. It, it, it is really hard. And, and the, make, the thing that make it tougher, too, is, you know, you get, uh, you get Europe where you can draft kids at any age. Uh, here in, in Canada, uh, you know, there's three leagues, Quebec, Ontario, and, and out west. And you have to make decisions at 18 years old. 
And then you have, once you get, not 18, but you can draft a kid at 19, but you have two years to make a decision on him or else you lose his rights. You know, you, you draft a kid in the NCAA, uh, they can be 18, they can be 19, they can be 20. You still have four years to, to go and, and wait for them. So they have time to mature. Uh, you know, let, so let Jordan Harris. Exactly. So, you yeah. know, I, I think that's the part that's really unfair for, for the, the junior hockey in Canada. Um, and like you said, you know, if you, if you go see, and, and most of those leagues, they play Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, if it happens that you see a kid on Saturday or Sunday when, you know, he has three games in three nights uh, and then he has a traveling. And <laughs> uh, sometimes you, you, you don't see the top end of, of that kind of player. So you have to be there often. And it's so hard because, you know, uh, a lot of those scouts uh, travel a lot. They go uh, everywhere uh, in Canada, everywhere in the States, everywhere in the world. Uh, so it's tough to see just one or two kids uh, all the time. I find this mind-boggling, though. A lot has been made about the Canadians drafting uh, or lack of drafting players in Quebec or players from the Quebec Major yeah. Junior Hockey League. They promised a better coverage in Quebec and in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, it seems to me that more could have been done in terms of why can't they just hire more scouts? I mean, yes, <laughs> there's salaries to pay, yeah, but there's no salary cap on scouts. No, there's none. And, and you know, I, I think that's one thing that's coming back all the time. Like, you know, they're, they're the only team now in Quebec. Uh, the Nordiques is not there anymore. So, um, you know, there, there is no way they shouldn't, they, sh they shouldn't let one guy go by. I, I understand that they can't draft everybody. Uh, you know, there's only seven rounds now. There's only maybe, you know, depending on the year, you probably get six or seven picks to about 11, 12 picks. So obviously if there's 10 or 20, 15 kids in Quebec, you can't draft them all. Uh, and you can't draft them all in the first round all the time. It's not that I understand, but there's enough guys around in the NHL right now that were not drafted you cannot pass on one of those guys. I mean, you, you should have an eye on them, know who they are. Uh, again, you don't have to invite them all, but, you know, um, it, it happened too much in the past. And I hope at one point, you know, it's going to get better. Um, we, we keep saying this, and I, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, in the 80s, we were right. Like we won in 93, we had 13 or 14 guys from Quebec. Uh, it, it would be tough today, but, you know, we always talk that it, it's hard to play in Montreal. For me, it was easier to play Montreal because we had those 12 guys. So I can lean on somebody. I was not the only guys that was, you know, the only guy that had to go in front of the TV or uh, do different things. There was other guys beside me that were, you know, part of that group too. So um, I, I hope we get back to that a little bit. It's a sick podcast, and it's brought to you by Cherry River Heart Seltzer, only 90 calories, natural flavors, no preservatives now available in Quebec grocery stores and at the beer store. Guy, you said something to me that caught my attention when you said if there's a situation that comes up with a player, and yeah. you used Logan Mayu as an example, that if there's people to lean on, if there's an advisor or a couple of advisors or a board, it might make certain situations easier for the general manager or the VP of hockey ops. And the first thing I thought about was what led you to be traded in the summer of 94. Of course, yeah. we all know that you were playing golf and uh, there was a reporter who didn't want to leave you alone. And 
You wanted your privacy at that point because you're, you know, you've been watched throughout the entire season and that was your summer. And uh, there was, anyway, there was something that made something very innocent that made the front page of Le Journal de Montréal. And like that, you were traded. And if there's an advisor or an advisory board and that happens today, the advisor says, let's not make a big deal out of nothing. Right? Yeah. And you're probably still here. Well, I, 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 I'm sure that the uh, the first page of the Journal de Montréal was was a little bit a part of it. I hope it's not the part. Uh, you know, I was 33 years old at the time. Not a lot of those guys, you know, at my age, uh, had a long career, especially here in Montreal. I mean, um, I had a bad knee. Uh, I was part of the negotiation for a new CBA. Um so I'm sure that the organization didn't want to see my face uh, the whole uh, three, four months uh, in the paper all the time. Uh, but, you know, I, I mean, like you said, like if there was somebody there to help me and, and I, and I went to see the, the, uh, the administration and I said, you know, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. It was stupid, blah, blah, blah. But I'd like to li- read a, uh, or write a letter of apologies to the people because you know, the, 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 if the, I can, the, who did you say that to? Who did you have that conversation with? Uh, I, I'd rather not say, but like, okay. you know, I, is this, you know, the, the finger was not telling the people to, I don't want to talk about, talk, don't talk to the people, blah, blah, blah. You know, I have my rights. It was just that guy. Yeah. That you were telling him to buzz off. Leave me alone. And playing golf. Exactly. And, and, you know, if, if there was a group at the top, that you know we could have sat there and discussed you know if and if the solution was to trade me then it would have been easier to take it's same thing with patrick wall what happened to patrick when he went to you know when he turned around after mario pulled him back you know if there would have been a group there patrick Wall would probably finish his career in montreal because he came back the next day thinking you know everything is going to be okay and they said no just go back home and We'll, we'll tell you when you trade it. So, I mean, it, it's situations sometimes like that, that, you know, if you have people that can talk about it and, and discuss it, uh, it would make a little bit more sense. Not that it would be or fix everything. I hear you. You and I are going to have a very passionate discussion now. You ready? Because you just <laughs> brought up a name. It was give or take about a month ago. Uh, or maybe more, Patrick Waugh said, what is this team? They've been circling, going round and round for over 20 years. Yep. What, what, you know, uh, what do they have to lose to give me a shot? I saw uh, on RDS, you made a, a, a passionate plea for your former teammate. You went to bat for him and said, and you, you endorsed him, all right? Yep. I don't think he's cut out for the job at all. So uh, we, have, we have two different groups here, and obviously – you're, he's your former teammate, and you know a lot about him or forgot a lot more about him than I'll never know. But I want to hear you out, and then yep. I'll give you my counter-argument. Why Patrick Waugh for GM? And after you answer that, do you think he really is in contention? Why? I, I think he's, he's got the passion. Uh, he knows the market. He knows what he's doing. He's been doing it for you know, I think he's coached the, the, the round part for, what, 12 years, 14 years. He's coached in the NHL. He was an assistant. He's been a GM there in Quebec. Uh, does he know everything? No. But but then Mark Bergevin knew everything when he came in. 
was Julien Brisbois knew everything when he went to Tampa. Did no. uh, Mathieu Darche, if he's picked, uh, does he know everything? No, nobody no. knows everything. This this change, you know, that business changes weekly, monthly, yearly. Um, but I know he is passionate about that. He wants to win. He'll do everything in his power to to win. People think that he's a hothead. He's not a hothead. You know, he wanted to win. Like you know, I I did some stupid thing when I played because I hated to lose. Well, as much as I hated to lose, he was worse than me. And he was a goalie. And you know, if I made a mistake behind the the opposite net, I nobody give me crap. But him, there was nobody to you know. If you make a mistake, it's a goal. So you know, he's been through a lot, but. Uh, I, I just think we need this. We need the, that passion back. And I'm not saying that Mathieu Darche or Daniel Briere can do it or uh, uh, the, the, the two girls, Gaston Gay and uh, um, Sauvageau, are, are not able to do that, to bring that back. But I know Patrick has that. That's a okay. fact. I, I will give you that 100%. But this is what we also know. There's a couple of things we know. We know that Everyone I talk to, and I've been around in the business, I think, for a, a long enough time to know that Jeff Gordon is the man in charge. We can agree on that? Uh, at one point, yes. Like I said, he's, he's yeah. on top. He's going to be on top of the GM. And and the person they're going to hire is probably going to be more of an assistant GM with Gordon being a GM, but with different titles. So now Jeff Gordon's going to have to work with somebody. Yep. Patrick worked with Joe Sackick. For three years, he was coach of the year in year one. Yep. And then they had some differences on uh, who they should have kept, who they should have traded, who they should have signed as unrestricted free agents. Uh, and Patrick had a hard time, I think, accepting that it was Joe in the end that had final say. So when he couldn't have his say, and by the way, not to say yeah, that, that not to say that he would, not to say that he would have been wrong to trade Matt Duchesne because Matt Duchesne eventually yeah. was traded, but I can't see Patrick and Jeff Gordon working hand-in-hand hand without it being a power struggle at some point, making its way into the media, and the media and le public siding with Patrick, which will make it very difficult for Jeff. So, so we want to hire just somebody to push paper? No. Or I do, gonna, I do want Jeff Gordon gonna to go be on challenged. Stage, somebody's going to go on stage and say, okay, with the first round pick from the Montreal Canadian, we're going to draft this kid. I, I, the, I, that's not what I want. I want somebody that's going to be able to kind of sit down with Jeff Gorton and discuss, okay, where are we going? What can we do to get there? Obviously, the, 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 the goal has always been, when I was here, and you know that, when I was here, the goal was to win the Stanley Cup. Nothing less. Not to make the playoff. I know it's harder now. There's 32 teams and, and all the tra-la-la. Things change really quickly in this league. I, everybody understands that. But, you know, I, I, I still, you know, I, I, I honestly, for the 18 years of my career, not the 19, but the 18 years, you know, I've had different GM. And every year I had a feeling that we were able not to win it, but to have a chance to win it. Yeah. That's, that's, and that's what I want to get back to. So now let's look at this team, Guy. Great point. Let's look at the Canadians. Yes. Are they closer to a team that is to a cup or to a rebuild? 
You know, I, I, I've been thinking about this for, for a while now. And, and maybe, you know, I think if you would ask me the question about a month or two months ago, I would say probably try to rebuild it. But I look at the players that they have and all the contracts that they have, it's, it'll be impossible to rebuild. And what I mean, if they can move them? Well, I, I, I still think, you know, I, I'm hopefully, and that's always going to be the same thing. If, if Carey Price comes back healthy, he can give us another three, four, five years of really, really good hockey. Not as good as he's played before because of the law oh, of physics, right? Age oh, injuries. All we need, all we need, is to be have him in two months period, just like last year. But then, then we need to have. I think where the mistake was made, and I and, I, and it's easy to say now. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying that Mark is, didn't do the good job, but I, I look at hockey now, and like in the past, you can build a team, you know, 10, 12, 15 years. Take your time. You miss a piece, you go get them. Now it's you know when you're there, go, because in three years, two years, four years, you don't know what's going to happen. But that's what Mark tried last year. He went all in. Well, he put yeah, all but like when they went to when they traded uh, PK Subban, yeah, or Shea Weber, yeah, Shea Weber was still in the prime of his game. Carey Price when, was still in the prime of his game. That's when they had to go all in. The message, exactly. Me, when they made, you know, I, I, I like PK. I, I still think that he had his some, he, he, he could have been better, but I liked him. But when you make a trade like that, gosh, like, that, like go. Don't wait. Yeah. You have the best goalie in the NHL, probably in the world at that time. Probably one of the best defensemen who still had some pieces to move. Go. Don't wait. And he waited too long. You know what I think hurt the Canadians? Besides the inability to get a centerman back then? I think it was the Bruins winning the cup in 2011. Let me explain. They did it with an old Tim Thomas and an old Zdeno Chara. Not, not, yeah. not old, old. I mean, they weren't 40. But I think Bergevin looked at that and said that he believed that Price could win a cup at 35-36, and he believed that Weber could win a cup at 35-36. I think he always believed that they could, and that's where I think they... But So the reason why I ask you this is because I'm adamant that the Canadians need a rebuild. I look at Christian Dvorak. I think he lacks pace. I think he lacks speed. I think he's a third-line centerman. I look at Nick Suzuki. All the pressure on the world is there for him to be a number-one centerman. We don't know if he will be, and if he will be, it will take a couple of years, I think. I think the Canadians would, in an ideal world, need a number one ahead of Suzuki. Suzuki yes. be a two, Dvorak be a three, or someone else, okay? We're, you're yep. with me now? Yep. They need a first-pairing left-handed defenseman. They need a number one because it doesn't look Which like they had about five years ago. They did in Sergachev. Carey Price, for me, because of the law of physics, is declining. Jeff Petrie is on the decline. So I look at this and I say they have three wingers who I think are liabilities when they don't have the puck. Drouin, Armia, and Hoffman, my opinion. So now I look at a team that is flawed. To fix that team, to make it a cup contender, I think takes too long. So I think you have to rebuild. You just told me that Patrick Waugh hated losing more than you. 
how could he be the GM of a team that might rebuild? Because Not a fit. I understand that, but like you, you, every team starts at, at somewhere. So, I mean, if you give the mandate to Patrick or Mathieu Dash or whatever, nobody likes – you think Dominique Ducharme likes like his situation now? Right he now? must be he must be humiliated, embarrassed. He must find it awful. He's, he's battling for like his career, of course. And they're last in the NHL. So like, but you know, if he has the mandate from Gorton or the GM to say, "Listen, this is where we're going through. We're going to rebuild this team. You, you take your time. We know what you, you know. We know what you're capable of doing." That's so. That's the same thing with Patrick. If you tell him what you want to do, it might not take six years to get there, though. It might take two, three years, and that's that's what I'm that's what I'm coming from. Like I, I want him to be able to do things like the Rangers. They rebuild, but they rebuild faster. Like if you're really gonna rebuild a team, you're not gonna go and sign guys like Panarin at ten million dollars a year. Well, their their fans well, said okay to the rebuild, but they wanted to win, and they got a little bit lucky. So they, Panarin wanted to sign there. Fox wanted to sign there. Uh, they won the lottery with Lafreniere, Kako second, so it accelerated things. They got a little lucky. Well, everybody needs to be lucky. Kucherov in Tampa. Yeah. Uh, Pelat, uh, you know, guys my like wife, that. I mean, my wife is lucky. <laughs> yeah. no, exactly. So, so, like, you know, everybody needs to be lucky at one point, but you, you make your own luck. I mean, if you – so, anyway, for, for me, like I said, like – I. I look at all the candidates. I think Patrick would be the perfect fit to be in Montreal. I'm not saying the other ones are no good. They would be as good. But. Uh, okay. Do you think they'll hire Patrick? Uh, I, I, I don't know because of what you said earlier. Yeah. But so if, if I scared, ask you, if, if, if you're I scared, ask, if you're yeah. scared of bringing somebody strong, well, you had the wrong place then. When Jeff Gordon says in the press conference, "I'm not scared of anything," I know we got to take him to his word, but human nature has shown us that in pro sports, people don't want to bring in people that might threaten their job. Right? Is that it? Or well, the, yeah, obviously, uh, the, that that's the usual thinking like mark bergevin uh, surrounded himself with loyalty no one was ever going to take his job uh then he didn't want anybody on top of him yeah also so let me ask you this everyone knows that patrick wall wants to get back to the national hockey league right uh, in, in, in a good situation yes why do you think he hasn't been back because of what we just talked about because of his character his temperament his personality uh, I don't know. Like I, I don't know if Patrick was pushing hard to come back to the NHL at one point. You know, it's the same thing with me. Like I, I'd love to go, but I'm not. I'm not knocking on doors. I'm not making phone calls. Um, you know, I, I can't blame everybody not to call me because I'm, I'm, I'm not that. I'm, and I'm interested, but I'm not good at selling myself. Would I be able to help a team? Sure. I did it in the past. You know, if they want me to go back on the ice a couple times a, a month for to work with some guys on face-off, I would do it. But 
I'm not going to call or knock on the door because they won't let me in. You would be great in player development. And I'm not just saying that because you're here. Like, look, I'm going to tell you the truth, Guy, because you know me, I'm an open book. A lot of people have brought up your name to say, Guy Carbono, next coach of the Montreal Canadiens. I don't see it because I, I don't see the Canadians going back down this road of hiring coaches. You haven't been coaching in quite some time. It leads me to believe you're not quite crazy about the full time and all of it. I mean, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, but um, you know, I do see you in a player development role, like working with young players, working with the Jake Evans of this world, the Ryan Palings of this world, the Christian Dvoraks, the Nick Suzuki's. I mean, that's right down your alley. Uh, I, I, I don't disagree. Like, you know, I, I think the coaching things, uh, I mean, it, it's hard. It's, it's harder. It's like GM now, you know, Uh, I remember, you know, in my days, uh, guys were coming in at eight o'clock in the morning. And then, you know, mm. once you're done at two o'clock in the afternoon, uh, I remember when I was coaching, you know, a bunch of times in the afternoon, I had to go see Doug Jarvis, you know, and, and practice was done. We had a game the next day and all the tapes were done and he was in his office. And I said, Doug, is that, you know, are, are you okay? Are you done? He said, yeah, yeah. My work for tomorrow is all done. I said, well, go home with your wife. What is you going to do here? So you, you so, so what they do now is they, they make more money, which is perfect, which is yeah. great, but they feel that they have to stay there because they make that kind of money. So now they look at the tape a hundred million times. And hockey hasn't changed since I played. It's faster. It, it's, you know, there's a few things that have changed. But you still need the puck to score goals. And you still to take the puck away from the other guys so they don't score goals. I mean, they're trying to do a million things. And, and so, you know, when you say that the kids now are, I think, better athletes, they're better skaters, they're better, they, they, they shoot faster, they're bigger, they're stronger. But... I'm not sure if they can play an instant game like we used to do because they don't have that in their in – their, so it's, it's tougher because, you know, they, they have 10 breakouts, 10 entries, uh, 10, 10 ways to do a power play. <laughs> it it it's, it's makes it too complicated. He's Guy Carboneau, and you can go to sportbuffshop.com for all of your officially licensed sports apparel and even our sick merchandise, 615, for 15% off on all of their items. Get yourself a Canadian's jersey, and you can put 21 Carboneau on the back. Guy, I, you know, I, I never asked you this, and I don't know if you've ever talked about it, and if you want to keep it private, I definitely respect it. But you're here. We're in a comfortable setting. I'm talking to my buddy. When you were relieved of your duties after two and three-quarters season, as coach of the Montreal Canadiens. It was much documented then. I believe Bob Ganey had come to your house to announce the news. Yep. And anytime you're let go, it's not a good feeling and it's nope. not fun. Nope. And uh, and uh, we, we have a hard time with it. Yep. Have you and Bob had a chance to speak, if you don't mind me asking, Sinski? Uh, it took a long time. Um, I, you know, like you said, I, I'm, for me, like I've never been through that. Um, I've never been fired before when, when that happened. So there was a lot of question that goes through your mind, you know, why, what happened, uh, could have been better. Could have liked, I, I wish, you know, when he came, he, he would have told me, I'm letting you, I'm let, letting you go now because of this or that and that, and I'm not good or, uh, for that reason. Um, I understand sometimes 
there's things that organization wants to keep in. They don't want to devolve, you know, that in house, in house, in house. Uh, you know, I think I I had uh, the relationship with Bob that lasted long enough before that that I would have deserved the truth. So I I was really frustrated with everything. So we didn't talk for a long period of time. Uh, we talked. We're talking now. Um, I have still I haven't heard the reason why i got fired but um, I, i'm i'm happy you know, to, I, i'm happy yeah. to hear you guys are talking for me no, no, no. guy carbono and bob no. gaining uh, used to play together line with you my know, buddy knuckles and yeah. uh, i'm it's happy the same to hear thing. it was the same thing with Serge. you know the reason why i Serge was the gm when i got fired, uh, uh i got traded uh, to st louis um you know he didn't tell me why uh i think there was a little frustration between us for a long t- period of time uh, four or five, six years ago, I can't remember how long, but you know, we started to talk again. And now, you know, I, I wouldn't be shy to take the phone and call him. So, yeah, I mean, it's I understand. Like we're all hothead. Uh, we all have our egos. Uh, that's or that's the reason why we do this sports. You know, there, there's you know, if you if you can't make it to the NHL without having something inside, um, and I had that, and some so those guys. But life is short. Uh, at the end of the day, that's what it is. You know, after I got fired, um, I had the chance to talk to Jacques Demers. I had a chance to talk to a few guys that, you know, went through it for a long, like more than once. Um, and they told me the same thing. I said, you know what? It, it's done. It's done. Don't look further than that. Uh, enjoy your life. Uh, take advantage of what you have now. And and that's what I'm going through it now. And even I gave it to you on the radio every now and then. And yep. look, life is short. You're on the podcast <laughs> right. with me, and we're talking. On a day, bon chum. Yeah, right. That's That's right. yeah. bon chum. Yeah. All right. That's we even share a mutual friend, the Daddy Cape. Yeah, Daddy, Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, uh, Guy. In ending, I, I have to ask you something, and we'll end on this. You said that you were 33. You had a knee injury. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and there were other issues that were going on. Players around your age usually don't get better. They usually don't last that much right. longer. You went on to play one more year in St. Louis and five more years in Dallas, and you won the Cup with Dallas right. in 1999. How did you last that long? What's your secret? Do you eat your spinach every day? <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I, I think um, I, I learned to know my body a little bit more. Um, you know, I, I um, since then I had my two hips replaced. Uh, so at the end of my career, like I, I kind of had some problems with my hips. I thought it was my groin, but finally I, I found out that it was my hip. So I, I changed my training uh, in the summer, uh, less impact, a little bit more speed and things like that. And, you know, I, I had some good discussion with uh, Ken Hitchcock in, in Dallas. Like, you know, he was just always the same thing. Like, you know, he, he, didn't, he couldn't promise me every year. You know, if I had if he had a spot for me, and I, all I said, listen, just bring me to to train, training camp. I'll, I'll I'll make sure that you know. Don't worry, I'm don't worry about me. I I knew once I was on the ice that I would be able to to kind of take my spot. But um, you know, we had some good discussion. Discussion for me, the the most important thing at that age was the games, and that's what I told him. Like you know, for me, I just want to play the games. If I can't practice one day, don't be mad if I say, you know, I don't feel like practicing. Or in the morning, you know, the, the morning skates, I don't want to do them. I'm, you know, I want to save myself for the games. 
so we had good discussions like that and uh you know i was you know i, I also play for a good team so that, yeah. that helped my captain, Guy Carboneau, my captain growing up when I was a big Canadian fan, bigger than ever. I saw the 86 Cup, and then I went to the parade, and I watched the yeah. 93 Cup, and I went yeah, to the parade. Right. And I know I said it was the last question, but I actually now think of it. I have one more, and that'll be it. If Nick Suzuki is the next captain of the Montreal Canadiens, you as a former captain, are you worried that he's too young for this market? Or when it comes to leadership, there's no age? Well, I mean, I, for leadership, there's no age, uh, but you need the right person. Uh, you know, if you look at Steve Eisenman, I think he was 19 years old. I think Sidney Crosby, there's no doubt. Uh, but there is some guys that are not cut off for that. So uh, I, I see Nick on the ice. Uh, he's, he's getting better. He's going to get better. Uh, but I don't know him per personally. I don't know what kind of kid he is. I don't know what kind of influence he has on players. Uh, today is a little different. You know, uh, uh, you, you need to make sure that you put the right guys uh, at the right time. Uh, and I'm not sure if he's ready. So uh, I, won't, I won't give you my okay for that one. I will wait a little bit. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of – I'm one of the guys that – wish that the Canadian would have name a captain uh, when they say that Shea wasn't going to come back this year. I agree with you 100%. Guy, I'm always ready to have you back on the podcast whenever <laughs> you want. Hey, right. Thanks so much for doing this. For me, it was a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Merci beaucoup, Guy. Always do. You're welcome. Thank you very much. The Sick Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and join us. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. See you next time. Right. Merci, Guy. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Cherry River Hard Seltzer. Only 90 calories, natural flavors, and no preservatives. Now available in Quebec Grocer and The Beer Store.